I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode 18. We are full-grown adults now <laughs> as a podcast. We can vote. Yay. Please vote. Um, no, we won't get political on here. But no, it's a, a another great episode of Gay and the Zembi coming your way. Uh, we have a lot of great things that we are about to talk about. And thank you so much for listening, wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere. Tell your friends. Let them know that there is a gay and an MB talking about all things on television. They need to hear what we got to say. So. We, we thank you guys for um, uh, listening to us and, and really supporting us as this sort of young stage of us ourselves as a podcast, and, and it's been fun. Um, what do we have on the docket this episode? Um, so today, uh, we'll be covering, um, we'll be talking about uh, Survivor, um, continuing to talk about what's happening there. Yay, we are at the merch! Yay! Uh, so excited. Uh, it feels so early because it's only episode six, but we will get to that later because first, as about half of our episodes <laughs> do, <laughs> you really, we, we got a really, I really shoehorned myself early on into starting. It's, you're very, you're very, very pigeonholed in terms of like what you can say now. Um, but first we have Drag Race. Drag Race. And this is the big final episode before we get to the, well, final episode before we get to the finale uh and we crown a winner and reunion and all of that and all that stuff you know of what they had already filmed basically um so we come back in from the workroom as lucy has left um and lux is kind of lux is kind of feeling herself obviously for sending lucy home and says that you know when you play a dirty game sometimes you get dirty results and i i think her and mistress can really strut in many ways with this of like you know they talk about you know that they kind of agree that you know at the very least, at least Lucy and Untucked was honest about, finally honest about playing the game and being like, look, I wanted to give you the worst person for the makeover challenge and because I didn't right. like you. You know, be honest about it. It's all good. Um, but no, it, it, you know, it's a, it, I, I'm really excited for the reunion next week because uh, yeah, based off of everything that's been going on, it's just, it's a lot. Um, so we go, go into the workroom the next day and we get straight into the maxi challenge, uh, RuPaul telling them the maxi challenge, which is the music video, uh, for blame it on the edit, the remix. Um, and she also drops the bomb on them that only three of them will go to the finale. Dun, dun, dun. Mm -hmm. They really were emphasizing this a lot throughout the episode and like, like, I don't know why Drag Race does this. I'm so, like, not to get too far ahead, but it's just like, I think we talked in the past about like them sort of like manufacturing moments and manufacturing like swerves and like, it, it really doesn't need to be done at the end of the day. I don't see the point of it. I, I, especially when the audience is pretty smart to what's happening. Oh, we'll talk about it when it comes to the judging deliberation. Yeah. Um, so uh, they are getting, writing down their lyrics and stuff like that for the video, uh, for their uh, rap portion. Uh, Mistress is really excited about it because uh, the song being blamed on the end, and that's a really shady song inherently, so it can play to her strengths in sort of the stuff she talks about. Um, and then Lux, Lux talks about, you know, the fact that she writes music all the time. And I mean, like she, we saw in the talent show, she, you know, 
had her own song in, in regards to that. And so she has the skills for Why it. Why these girls wouldn't walk in here with several sets of lyrics already written? Oh, I got to imagine. I would hope so. I mean, at least Lux was n- not extremely honest about it, but like she didn't walk in and go, well, I've got these lyrics already done. No, she was like, well, I'm I'm done writing lyrics. So I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> Very Tyra Sanchez. But look, when Pre- you can produce those results, you can take a nap. Preserve your energy. It's fine. It was, I mean, it's not like they were going to like do anything in between the, you know, it, I didn't have a problem with it. Um, so then we get the Tic Tac lunches, um, or no, they, well, they were, they were making a point to call them Tic Tac chit chats. Like, like Rue kept saying that over and over again. And I was like, is that what we're modeling it after? Like, is that the new, like phrase for that? Which like, I think they're calling it that because they've gotten blowback from it being like, like if it's a Tic Tac lunch, then it's. You know, like it's, but it's you know, like, uh, promoting like, like the whole um, eating disorders, eating disorders and all of that sort of stuff. And I don't feel like the TikTok chat talk or whatever it is, or TikTok chit chat. Yeah, that's it. Uh, whatever. They just wanted alliteration, I feel like. Well, they changed it to that because, you know, if you're, if you're just having a little talk, you might need a. Tic Tac, you know, because we have bowls of Tic Tacs. I wasn't in a couple seasons ago. They were doing the po- they were saying like we're doing an episode of the. I guess the podcast doesn't exist anymore, so they can't really yeah. do that. So that's you know, but they, but again, they were doing episodes of the podcast that never actually aired as episodes. <laughs> like, did they not? I never listened to I their did, podcast. So. I I never got into what's the tea. That's you know, there's there was a there's a few episodes here and there, but it's mm, um. But we start with um, Sasha, and, and, and this was really good seeing, like, sort of Sasha's more in-depth, like, story. You know, she talked about sort of, like, you know, her time in Orlando and how that kind of built up mm-hmm. sort of her reputation in the drag community and, like, that she was working five nights a week, three shows a night, essentially. And, like, Rue, it was nice to see Rue and her kind of bond over, like, the queens that bo- they both sort of, and the bars that they sort of yep. both went to. Like, that's always a cool moment of, like... It- it just re-solidifies the theory that Sasha Colby is there to audition to take over. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong on that. Like, I think that I think she makes the most logical sense in, yeah. in terms of that. Um, but, you know, there's an argument for Lux, too, because Lux is a young RuPaul. Yeah. And we've said that before on this pod. Like, it it's remarkable how much she resembles in her fashion and her, the way that she holds herself and everything is so reminiscent of younger Rue. Yeah. So like Lux would like, she's not there yet, but give her a few years and she could be at the place yeah. To do to do something like this. I can see that. Or even if it's like Sasha takes over for the next 10 years and then Lux <laughs> takes over after that because 10 years ago you couldn't have told me I had this show. Right. Right? Yeah, I can see that. Um and then Sasha kind of gets more into sort of her family dynamic and about her mom sort of never showing her love and uh, and 
I think Sasha's talked sort of briefly about sort of her mom having mental health issues as well and sort of like obviously like the talent show that she did was like in tribute to her essentially and and her. right um and like she I mean it was also really sad hearing about she talked about how her, her father basically um committed suicide when he was 80 which like we were like you were saying even like like something about that is also really like yeah like jarring it's jarring that like he wasn't from what she was saying it's not like he had a like terminal terminal disease or something right. that was like going to be a specific or like a like horrible death or something so he like i can understand that that you should be able to choose your you should have dignity in death and right. if you have an awful disease killing you you should be able to say no screw you i'm going out on my terms i get that mm-hmm. but that didn't seem to be the case here like i and maybe it's crass but as someone with that has had depression uh still struggles with it i don't understand at that point it's like at 80, you don't have much left anyway, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like you're going to live to 140. Like, I I just don't see the point at that point. Yeah, the, and I don't, I don't know if she... I can't remember if she went into, like, specific detail about the reasoning. But she did look, kind of, like, talk about the sort of bright side in certain ways of that, the fact that after he died, he if she basically found out that he had left pretty much everything to her, like yeah. in terms of even like land and like, so, so like, and she took that as sort of validation in terms of like, beca- because of her journey and her, and, you know, not knowing sort of the uncertainty in terms of yeah. like how her parents felt. Um, and, you know, at least knowing that her father, she feels that, you know, that was proof that her father, that right. her father, you know, supported, supported her. her. Yeah. Yeah. So that was great to see. Um, and then we get to Anitra, and Anitra, they go into sort of her, like, being, like, sort of somewhat soft-spoken at times, and talks. she talks about it likely from, you know, growing up Mormon and sort of having that sort of instilled in her, which I understand. Like, I didn't grow up Mormon, but, like, I can all, like, I, w- I struggled with that a lot in terms of speaking up in certain things mm-hmm. to not, like, you know, be as small as possible in an attempt to, like, you know, not cause issue. And yeah. I think that, you know, it's a, it's a real thing that some people have to overcome. Um, and Mich- I love Michelle making the point of also like, you know, pointing out how great that Anitra, uh, Marsha lip sync was. And she goes as far as to say that that was her favorite lip, lip sync of all time, which like, I mean, it's definitely up there for me. Yeah. You, you could tell Anitra was shook by that. And like, you yeah. know, um, and she talks sort of about her performance style and like, her love for ballroom and how, you know, sort of it was a sort of escape for her and sort of an expression in many ways and like learning the moves and, and, and getting the vibe and the energy down, which I think she does so well. And I, 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 I we talked past weeks about like sort of that, like, you know, people in the ballroom community, mm-hmm. which like I, and yes, you know, going through it in terms of actually like, becoming part of a house and going through that element of it is one thing, obviously. And that's a, you're going to learn certain things beyond, you know, what you would get from just five. But I like, I feel like she has a love for it. That's really commendable. And I think still a respect for it. And 
I I just feel like there is such a a entitlement in saying that somebody has to live in a certain area to have access to a vast portion of queer culture. Sure. Ballroom is is it belongs to the queer community. I mean, mostly belongs to queer people of color. Um but you can argue that it is a queer art form. And in order to say that you have to live in a city that has a ballroom culture to be allowed to participate and to be allowed to yeah. um, take part in that culture when it should belong to all of us, I feel like is and quite th- rude. And I do think like it's become a little more expansive. Like I think, you know, we're seeing at least now in the age where it's grown in certain ways and it's become less underground, you're having, you know, balls popping up in smaller areas, like, which is good to see. <laughs> Not balls popping uh, up in smaller areas. No. <laughs> mm, nope, didn't mean like that. Um, but no, I think, like, it, like, there is a, you could tell there's an appreciation from it from her. So I, th- I think it was good to sort of hear her talk more about that. Yeah. Um, Mistress is next, and then she talks about sort of, her open-mindedness, or not open-mindedness, <laughs> very different. Um, the, the ability for her to kind of speak her mind and like sort of unapologetically. Oh, so her mind is open for others to see. Yes, there we go. That's that's a good way to put it. Um, and and talks about the issues with Lucy and like and is very open of just with RuPaul of just like I thought Lucy, you know, would say things that I had also said, but like behind people's back in a way where it's like I would get the blowback. And she like, would she would wait and say it off camera. Yeah, and I and she she knew what she was doing. She was self editing and self producing so that she wouldn't get the blowback in the public. And and you talk to any member of the cast, and they have that same opinion of Lucy. Yeah, for the most part. And so I have no problem calling that out. Like that that is weaponizing your whiteness and weaponizing your privilege and we we can't put up with that in 2023 when the drag community is already under attack absolutely not we're not putting up with that bullshit yeah and i think like you know uh it it was good to see that rue michelle kind of didn't take it as a moment of like like i could i could see in past seasons like putting the shady music over the top and be like oh mistress is talking too much shit or whatever but like i liked what they said of just like you're honest and like your attitude is really refreshing in terms of like people can take it or leave it. And like, you know, it's not a, you know, an attack on, on that you're dishing out. If people can, you know, like, I think hopefully mistress, I think I have a hope that mistress will sort of like create this bigger space for Queens to sort of be their full selves on this show more than it was in past seasons. Yeah. And you know, I think part, I think Diabetti did helped a lot with that last season, but I think Mistress is continuing that, and I think and I think that it's important to to point out that the conflict that she had with Malaysia mm-hmm. and them coming to an a a place of understanding of each other because it, like I said in earlier episodes of this podcast, it is easy to be put off by someone like mistress Mm -hmm. but it's also easy it's also not hard to just talk to somebody and go hey i don't appreciate that yeah 
and mistress respected that from Malaysia and under and they got to a place where they are friends now they are actually really close um you know they are twin mothers to the twins mm-hmm. like so as long as like, you communicate just, as an adult like that's like, like you know who knew communicating as an adult and not like making constant snide remarks as your only way to communicate would you know fix things and i think both of like it's also like getting rid of your ego like oh, 100% like mistress doesn't have ego i feel like it, it like she she has ego she doesn't have um there's nothing wrong with having ego no 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 and i yeah. feel like to be a drag queen you kind of have to be to be any sort of performer, you have to have a certain but level she never, of ego. She, she never has a toxic enough ego to where it gets right. in the way of, like, and clouds her judgment or clouds. Like, I don't think she is willing, you know, I don't think she's so set in a mindset to where she can't hear somebody out. Right. And I think that's the difference. Like, that's something that, like, is really important to have. Right. And, I mean, just in life in general, not just in drag. Um. So I, that, that's but why life I, is drag, right? Sure, why not? Um, but that's why I really enjoy her, like like across the board. Um, we get to Lux, and Lux Lux like is all like always you know comes in this real stylish you know thing to the tic tac chit chat. Um, that's not going to be easy to say. Um, and but she talks about how she has basically planned out all of her looks, both on the runway and off, and like, I've, yeah, like, like you could tell she puts a lot of care into that. Um, they talk about sort of her background and how she went to uh, Cicely Tyson High School for performing arts or whatever. Cicely Tyson! RuPaul's like, there's a Cicely Tyson High School? Um, but, like, makes so much sense in terms yeah. of, of everything. Um, and she kind of also talks about, I mean, this was interesting that she talked about sort of her background and, like, her parents sort of instilling the confidence that we see in her. Because we also saw, I think it was last week, she talked about also, though, like, some of the homophobia she faced as well Mm -hmm. so it's interesting that she has the maturity to kind of take the good elements of like what her parents may have instilled in her outside of this like nebulous like terrible um aspect of their relationship yeah and sort of extract the good while still you know i i thought that was that was a good lesson to take in certain ways like you know not and I think it lends to her confidence and sort of not really giving a fuck at the end of the day. One hundred percent. Like it, it, it's I think really helpful. So that's really good to see. Um, we go to the music video shoot. Um, they're basically the whole vibe of the music video is they're on a spaceship. It's very that Janet very Jackson. Barbarella. Yeah. Oh, I mean Barbara. Can we talk about how fucking good Sasha Colby looked in this? Uh. Like, like blonde, like sort of like bombshell wig, like it, Pamela Anderson. It was fucking hot. It was really fucking hot, and like she definitely like killed it in terms of. And then that. the latex body, bitch. Yeah, she, she always looks so put together and great. Um, but they basically have to start learning choreography, and Mistress is really struggling in sort of the picking up of everything. She has. She's talking about how like she can't. She's feeling like trapped in her like sort of jumpsuit thing with the sho- like uh-huh. the bigger shoulders which did feel I mean they are restrictive but I also feel like that was 
probably a bit of an excuse. I think it was Sasha that said basically like it's an excuse, but it's mainly it's literally just to buy her time so she can learn the choreo. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know. Um, and like I think that I think I don't remember who the choreographer was that was with Michelle, but like he was making the point of saying, like, you know, it just needs to be about the attitude at the end of the day. Like, you know, like if you don't hit every move, like it's one thing, but you can't, you know, be at 50%. You have right. to like, you know, that that's more what's important. But they basically have to immediately start filming after only learning the choreo for <laughs> I probably like half an hour, but it felt like two minutes or whatever. Yeah. And like, I don't understand this of like, this doesn't, th- this wouldn't happen on an actual stat. Like to me, like I, I feel like you, in the, it l- might. Mm, so depending, but I feel like in the larger scale of drag race, I feel like the point of the show in general is to prepare the queen to, that is going to represent the show to sort of go into the outside world and get jobs and get, and get, Mm-hmm. music video gigs and acting gigs, etc. So I feel like it just didn't make a lot of sense. The one music video that I've worked on was literally a one-day shoot. Mm. But at least a day. Like, you know. Well, sure, but, like, you've also got to figure they're going to start shooting as much as they can as soon as they can because they still have to get Rue in there right. and do all her stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them to for that to be normal. Yeah. 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 It's just, yeah. I feel like it's just, it feels in the reality TV realm of just like, let me throw, let's throw the biggest possible curveball to just like, you know, I feel like we talked about it. Like if you wouldn't, it should be the fact of like, you give them the tools for the best possible end product, whether Mm -hmm. it's the rusical, whether it's, you know, any, any of those like sort of aspects and then let their talents shine at the end of the day. But, I mean, you know, what can you do? I mean, they're drag queens. The drama's going to happen. Yeah. They don't have to produce it. That's, yeah. Um, and also, Anitra's kind of struggling a little bit. She seemed fine in the beginning, and then kind of when they got to the, the actual, like, filming portion with her and Lux, it was kind of a, a bit of a struggle. I also love Lux losing her white nail and, and, not be, and struggling to find it because all the set is white and, like, <laughs> <laughs> it turns out it wasn't even on the set. It was in her. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a fun little moment. Um, yeah. Lux did really well. Um, she, she says, that, you know, I think I ate every aspect. I'm so full right now. Which she, I mean, like she nailed, like. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. She white nailed it. <laughs> There's a professionalism to her that I think comes through, which I think is really appealing. Um, and Anitra is like admiring Sasha from the, from the back of the stage or whatever as Sasha's performing. It's like Sasha's just so hot right now. She's like, am I a lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> it was the best moment. Yeah. Um, we, so that they film the music video and we go back into the workroom the, la- the next day and it's the last day in the workroom um, and the last day on set, essentially. Um, the girls are kind of talking about sort of their experience on the sh- this was a lot, they got, it got worse in Untucked, but I was telling you about it. Like this felt a lot like it got a little repetitive of just like, this is the last day. And like, you know, I can't believe it's been, you know, this long. And like, we've come so far and we're right at the fin. It was like all the cliche, like yeah. phrases. Well, and it was, it, it was like, they did that same thing. And then had, they did one iteration of that had a discussion 
and then did another iteration of that and had a separate discussion. Yeah. And had it like four times in a row and it was just like, come on. Yeah. It, it was a little too much and I feel like at a certain point, if you're like the producer in the confessional or something like that, you got to give them different prompts. You got to give them like some other question to like, if you're not, you know, reminisce on the season, like yeah, something. Um, and the girls are talking, and they're kind of. Uh, they talked about how like it was refreshing that Sasha wasn't really a bitch. That like going into the season and seeing Sasha Colby in the workroom, they were like, "Oh, this is a veteran from like the pageant scene who like, if like." you kind of have an expectation sometimes maybe if you're a younger queen that you, or that you can, that it's going to be almost a wall and that Sasha didn't yeah. show that, which is, is good. And Sasha, I think she talked about it in her confessional about how like, you know, at a certain point, even when, after I won continental and everything like that, I had to move to Los Angeles and like nobody, like it's not like, Hey, I'm Sasha Colby and I immediately am the top dog. I have to start from scratch when I, yeah. you know, go to a new area. So you have to be humble and like not think you're better than, you know, the situation you're in or the place you're in. And I think that's a real, that's why I'm like, Sasha is like a, I think one of the best representations of the community and like can, yeah. Going back to our conversation, I think could host and be the, be the face of the show. I, you know, here's hoping, um, they talk about all the different gates that they had, uh, in terms of flights on the show, um, with like, the metal gate and the like just a lot. And they come to the conclusion that technically Lux 40 inch gate. There we go. And that technically Lux was involved in all of them. So Lux, so Lux deems herself the gatekeeper, (laughs) which like Lux is like, I mean, I don't think I started anything. I think I just stood up for myself in whatever moment. So, which I agree. Yeah. Um, then we hit the runway, uh, final time for the girls on the main stage. And then we get the category is drag excellence, I believe. Um, yes. Yes. It's, it's the best. It's your finale gown. It's, it's essentially the Which same every season. I get frustrated because they always, they always have this category and it's always drag excellence or like drag eleganza extravaganza or something. Yeah. And then they always undercut that with this should be your um signature drag right those are different things well there was that one wasn't it season 10 where they were given like signature drag and it was or or they were given like like your best drag or they were given signature drag but they changed at the end to your best drag and it was like those are completely different categories very different things like and it's just like it's very frustrating because you wouldn't like Katya, for example. Glamour is not her signature. Yeah. Her signature is thrift store finds. Yeah. Elevated, but thrift store finds. And like she does amazing work with those things, but it's still like bonkers. Like, what mushrooms were you on when you put this look together yeah. type of look? So that's never going to fit in an eleganza category, yet they constantly conflate those two on this show, right? As There's, signature drag and glamazonian whatever, and it's just like this is not it's it's not the same. So don't don't 
piss on my foot and tell me it's raining. You know, like no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, going through some of the looks, uh, I thought Anitra looked amazing. Like the like, I agreed with on Fashion Photo Review that like the, the queens have overdone it with this like sculpted head that where they bedazzle like the ends of the hair. But in this look, it worked. Like it it made sense with the look. Yeah, I love the the just the shapes and the the way it moved, it, it, especially like the the stoning on the hips and stuff like that. Like I thought it was the best Anitra's looked all season, one hundred percent. And and because Anitra kind of Anitra sometimes can go a little safer with the looks, mm-hmm. and I think she made the point to go all out here. Yeah, and that was good to see. Lux looked exactly like Diana Ross, like one hundred percent. And she said, uh later on Twitter, I think, that she treated the and we've seen this before, like with Naomi, mm-hmm. um and Naomi Smalls, um also huge on fashion, right? Their final look was a wedding gown because that's what you do in a fashion show. Your yeah. final look going down the runway is bridal. Mm-hmm. And uh so that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to capstone her drag race experience with a bridal gown yeah which totally makes sense for her because ev- like she said during the the tic-tac <laughs> whatever that was called um she said during that that every look was meant to be a fashion moment and it was like you cannot say that she did not eat every moment that she was in front of the camera yeah and um and so capping it off with a bridal look just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so Sasha's I thought was really good as well. She made the point to sort of make it sort of inspired around the look of an orchid. Mm-hmm. And with the sort of, um, I guess with his vines or whatever, that's the like. Well, it was, it was meant to, to um, so orchids are usually um, seen as a uh, more, how do we say this on a podcast? Fuck it. It's supposed to look like a vagina. Okay. Did <laughs> yeah. So she, like the whole curves and things like that were giving very much that vulva type of shape. <laughs> she was giving vulva. <laughs> she was serving pussy, honey. <laughs> um, and it was absolutely gorgeous and absolutely like encapsulated her beauty the only thing and i know i talked to you about this mm -hmm. before the only thing that frustrated me was the rings she was trying to go for like a whole jetson you know judy jetson like futuristic but like make it retro right kind of vibe which totally 100 percent love that right but i don't think it got there. I, I think pl- you needed more of those rings, more of that echoing of the Barbarella, of the Jetsons. I also found it weird she had three on one and four on the other. Like oh, it was, did she yeah, really? It was like, I was like, that's not even. Like, I, that's I mean, my brain, like, sort of like. It might have been a symbolism with the number seven. I don't know. She maybe. just didn't explain it in the VO. Or yeah. maybe she did and it got cut, but. Yeah, if it connected more, if it was, there was some more of a connection to the actual dress, like, I think it would have, like, yeah. been better. It, it just looked like it was part of a different outfit made from the same fabric. Yeah. And I also kind of, I, I didn't like the sort of, like, exposed corset in the back not corset but like you could see the the like, um the 
Well, I mean, it is corseting, but yeah, it's the back, not. Yeah. Typically, the back of a corseting where you you know, yank it essentially, yeah. like you could, it was exposed the strings, in the back. Yeah. And like, I thought it would have been nicer to sort of have like a more cleaner like. Yeah. But I mean, Sasha never looks terrible. Like, no, it's, absolutely not. And and mistress, I thought this was the best mistress looked all season. And I love this like. The, I thought that this color on her washed her out a little bit. I wish it had been. A little bit of a darker tan. Maybe. I could I could get with that. I really like the bottom half of like how the mm-hmm. beading, like the way the beading moved that kind of like f- affected the pattern underneath this like cheetah print, like sort of like it 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 flowed really well to create and was very like eye-catching in that regard. Um and you were saying about her tits, you have sometimes you So this is a problem that I um face as well and the reason that i have not bought a titty bib um because they are made for smaller frame people right um so when you have a broader chest it does it looks like your tits start halfway to the middle of your like and half of your chest doesn't have any boobage on it yeah and um, this was uh, an issue also, you can see it with uh, Boa from Canada's Drag Race had the same issue. Um, I just, I don't like it. Um, it looks, it completely takes me out of the illusion. Yeah. Um, because if she was someone who had that amount of breast tissue naturally, it would not look like that it would look it would be spaced further apart right so that's my only issue and it it takes me out of it with mistress because like me she's like she's got a broader chest she's got a larger chest cavity so you've got to find different ways to create that cleavage um and because she's wearing the bib she was wearing a really high neck which when you got a fuller neck and you have more of chin presence, right? I also have this issue. You can't crowd that area because it makes everything look bigger. You have to, like, it doesn't quite fit there. You have to pull that back down. And if you need to hide that um, seam with jewelry or something, you can do that. But like uh, and Raja on Fashion Photo Review brought this up as well, is it just it crowds everything, it makes everything look tighter, and like it's it's not flattering. Yeah. Overall, I still thought it was a gorgeous look. I, I wish the tone of the dress was a little bit darker. I wish overall for the whole season she had had a better breastplate, and um, I don't like when larger queens have that up up in your neck. Like I'm literally <laughs> choking myself because it's what it uh, it looks like. It makes me feel claustrophobic just seeing it. Sure. Sure. Um we go to the music video. Um overall so thoughts overall in the music video. I thought Lux had the best verse. I thought she was really smart in, in mixing singing and rapping and like like she was the only one that sort of really did something. I'm gonna show you. No, not that one. No, a little better. <laughs> a little better than hers. No, no. But in all honesty, like I think like she was the only one of the four to kind of like do something a little different with the verse and not stick into sort of one tone and yeah. and and like give levels. 
um, which I really liked. I Speaking thought, of that song, um, <laughs> Mistress on the the uh, green screen background. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Detox tweet the picture of her on that with the D to the E to the O, or D to the E to the T to the O to the hold up. X. With a picture it, of her on the, yeah, it was great. Yeah, they basically are like sort of floating in, in like zero gravity or whatever. And everyone's just like being sexy. And what, was, what was the other music video that they did that on? Oh God, I'm. Uh, I think I want to say I I want to say All Stars three. No, no, because that was a live shoot. That was a one take. What was the? There was another one. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, that it was a, a a problem. But like it was, it was a good it was a good comedic moment in the music video of having yes, all these like, sort of like really sexy sort of like sultry vibes, and then Mistress just full on like. Starfishing. <laughs> it was so good. Um, and I think Sasha, we talked about Sasha's look in sort of like the group choreo with that blonde bomb, show, but also the alien look she had in her like rap portion was so good. She, uh. Really stunning. Um, we and they go, so they basically start to then critique everyone. I, I can't even remember what specifically he said, but I just wrote in my notes that Ross was really annoying me during this. Um, so I, it's another episode of Drag Race. I Got feel it. like. I think my frustration I figured out was that, and this episode I think was the key to it, which was like, no, not all of you can be the sort of like motivational, like, you know, like you're like you're fucking Ayana Van Zant, like sort of like, like every, him, Michelle and Rue all wanted to be that person. And I, I wanted a Carson there to just sort of critique the drag. And yeah. critique the like, you know what I mean? Where's Alyssa Edwards with her roast of Santino? Yeah. <laughs> Ross Matthews, shut the fuck up with your <laughs> no drag knowledge habit ass. Yeah. It was just like <laughs> I it was, you know, I I I didn't know why Carson wasn't there. Like I, I much prefer Carson. Over Had Ross. to have been a conflict of scheduling. Something. Um, but they and then they do the whole younger talk to your younger self photo vibe which was fine was nothing stood out personally sorry yeah, i so mean your really sentimental like you know story about your childhood didn't stand out to me sorry that <laughs> i know that's that I mean, harsh. but it's it's the same it's mostly the same story that everyone has right yeah of stick with it you're gonna know you're different you know lean into that embrace who you are that it's the same thing it's the same thing every season and while it is touching and it's probably a good breakthrough moment for the queens, it's not necessarily a riveting moment for entertainment. Nothing, it's not particularly groundbreaking. Yeah. Like, it's the journey that all queer people face. Yeah. And it's important for people to hear it, but just like we've heard it. Like, yeah. I think it's just like, <laughs> I, there, was a, there was a great TikTok that was going around of um, someone being like, do you want to hear about this really terrible thing that's happening right now in the United States of America? And people just stitching it going, no. <laughs> no, we're I done. Like, I think there's as, been 74 other ones today. Yeah. So I'll take, I'll take a break on number 75. We're good. Like, as gay people watching this show, it's like, we know. Yeah. We get it. <laughs> like it's you know. Um and that sounds harsh, but um but then they uh so then they sort of like do their final like sort of discussion among the judges and Ru and you were hinting at this before that Rue basically says here that 
You know, going into this season, I promised to have an elimination every episode. This I was season. so fucking mad. It's our fault. We we did this to RuPaul. We 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 were so like, how dare you like do five episodes next last season? Or maybe season where don't you- have a shitty you know gimmick the whole season where it's it's chocolate. But even without the like the chocolate wasn't it was the chocolate plus three other things that were keeping people right and, and it was just it was exhausting and then th- there were literally three opportunities this season to do a double save I'm not saying you had to do all of them no but there were three lip syncs that rose to that level this season. And you chose to ignore all of them and then do a double save on this episode which, when I thought necess- wasn't necessarily deserving which of less, it. Which less, well, the reason why it wasn't, let's be real, it wasn't a double save in the moment. This, they always knew they were going to do a Final Four. They always yeah. knew it. Like, so, like, the, it's like this, this dangling of the, like, twist to, like, sort of, like, you know, make it seem like, because why else would you watch this episode knowing that everyone's going to be in the Final Four? They brought that final three thing out there so you would see, like, oh, maybe someone will go home this episode where they, when they don't. Right. Like, that's what it was, which is annoying as a viewer. Like, I, I literally predicted it last, last week in, on this podcast that, that this was what was going to happen. So, like, yeah. the fact that I was able to do that, like... Well, and it means that they never had to, to come up with another way to do the finale because they knew they were always going to do a final four. So it's not like they had to come up with a final three scenario. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's annoying as a viewer. And this is where we get back into the same conversation of drag race is overproduced and they just need to let these Queens do their job Mm -hmm. and kick ass the entire season. If you want to make it a thing where there is no such thing as a double save, fine. Make that be a thing. But it seemed, it seemed like at the point, like at a certain point with these seasons, it was like, okay, you're going to get at least one double save a season. Like it right. got to that point. So like. Like if you're going to do that where there's no such thing as a double save, walk in on day one and go, there are no double saves this season. Yeah. Someone will go home every episode. Well, that's my thing. Like if Rue's saying it here in this episode. Why did they not say it to the queens in the beginning? Right. That, like, you should, you should, and not just to the queens, but to the audience at the beginning. Like, that would have been, I think, at least better in terms of sort of expectation setting. And, like, I don't know. That, that was frustrating to me. But Sasha and, well, Sasha wins the challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is her fourth win. I think deservedly. Yeah. And, and, you know, good, good on her. So she's at the top of the pack in terms of track record, quote unquote. Um, and then Lux is also safe. And so in the bottom two, we have Anitra and we have Mistress. And they lip sync to When Love Takes Over by David Guetta featuring Kelly Rowland. Um, this was a good lip sync. I, like you said, it, it wasn't a particular double save. Like, I don't think, like, no one, I mean, it was a, maybe in the sense that they were both pretty even. I don't think, like, yeah. one ran away with it necessarily. Yeah. I mean, and don't take that as a... We don't this, we don't think that Mistress or Anitra, yeah. one of them, deserve to not be in the top three. I think it, it could have been either way. Um, I would have been sad to see either one of them go. Right. But at the end of the day, this is not what this was not, and it was mo- mostly because of what they were having to lip sync in. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Anitra planned ahead and had a tearaway skirt, which, bitch, of course you did because you're the lip sync assassin of the season. Yeah. Or one of. But I would argue that Jax is also up there. Justice for Jax. Um, and uh, Selena actually was up there, too. She had four. So, um, you know, it just... This was not it. This no. was not a double save, or it shouldn't have been. It really should have just been like, you, I think they've done it a couple seasons in the past where it's like, you all lip sync. You all have to lip sync. To- or lip sync to win the fucking challenge. Have Sasha and Lux lip sync it out. Sure. Like, say we're doing a top four. Now you two lip sync to, you know, take the win for this challenge. Who gives a shit? Just yeah. put on a show. If that's what you're going to do, put on a show. Right. I Yeah. I, I I think this was a good episode overall, but like I think like I again they have they do these weird things with drag race where they don't deviate from like you know they 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 want to do this episode at the end of the day, but they also don't want it to be consequential and like you right. know like it's I I think they should rethink it. You, well, I it's still better than what they used to do with the music video episode, which was um well we're going to shoot this music video. And then the one that we send home is getting cut from the final edit. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I forgot they used to do that. Yeah. That was shady as fuck. Mm-hmm. So the finale has been filmed. I know. Um, but uh, who are, I mean, we both are kind of in agreement. We've talked about this before that Sa- it seems like it's Sasha. It should be Sasha. I would be shocked if it wasn't, um, you know, I think if it's going to be anyone else, I think if it's going to be anyone else, it's a toss-up between the three of them, and there are good arguments for all three of them to win this season. I don't think that any of them are better than the other, but I think the only one who rises above is Sasha. Yeah, that's I, my. I that's just my think opinion. it's Sasha's time. I think yeah. it would be a mistake to go anywhere else in terms of this year, this moment. Like, yeah, it. it you know, I think any any of the other three would do great in an All Stars. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I think I think any of the four of them would do an amazing job as in their reign as winner. Right. And I think any one of them deserve it. I just think that Sasha deserves it more. Yeah. That's that's all. Yeah, I agree completely. We'll be on the lookout for that. That'll be coming in a couple weeks. Uh, and then we get the reunion next week, so hopefully that'll be really juicy based off of Everything that's been boiling over. Oh, I'm popping popcorn for that it'll, shit. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun time. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are talking the merge episode for Survivor 44. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling name. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression, 
that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His MB. It is time to head over to Survivor Land. Survivor Land for the, I know I said the merge episode, but it's the merge that's not really a merge they've been doing lately. It is the merge-esque episode. The mer- <laughs> We're going to dip our toe into a merge. It's um, the mer... Mer... <laughs> we'll get the j later. Yeah. Um yeah, so we come I uh, I you know I kind of like and they're don't, edging the merge. <laughs> I kind of like and don't like that they aren't immediately always coming back at night when they come back from tribal. Obviously this episode was different because there was no tribal cuz Matthew went home last episode medevac right. essentially. Um but Tika is it's the next morning and Tika is sort of talking by the fire. Um and they're talking about uh sort of I I love the like the way they'll cut into these conversations about just random stuff this season about they're all talking about like accents and how Carolyn pronounces bag. 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 Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it was, it was a fun little lighter Carolyn moment. Um, and then Josh is sort of talking about how he's only been sort of a couple of days with this tribe and he already wants off because it's so chaotic with Carolyn and yam yam. And like, and yeah. I get it. Like I like if you're someone who's more soft spoken and like sort of like not the biggest voice in the room, and then you have two people like Carolyn and Yam Yam, like see to me that gives me the freedom to be soft spoken because sometimes I feel like when everyone else is soft spoken, I have to fill that space. Sure, and it gives for me being around people like that gives me the freedom to just kind of lay back and not have so much pressure to perform. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but uh, so they get the tree mail. Everyone basically gets the tree mail thing that it's time for the merge. They don't, I, again, they don't explicitly say in the note th- that it's a merge, but that, you know, you're drop your mm-hmm. buffs and you're all go- coming. It's all together. merge adjacent language. Yeah. Um, and they're all going over to the Ratu tribe, essentially camp. Um, uh, Carson's really excited about this and and sort of get, getting everything together. They get this shot of Carson like like excited about this, but he's over the fire like tending to it, and like you could see the flames in his glasses to where it's like this real like cinematic like sort of moment that's like yeah. Oh, it, it's very gifable. Yeah, they were like, we're getting the Emmy with this one, folks. Um, this will be in the real. <laughs> um, and so 
basically at this point, it, I thought it was interesting. So Carson's like, so we're merging. So I might as well tell everyone everything that I had the, the, you know, my idol's now dead essentially because now that we're on the same beach together. Um, from Why the, wouldn't you just keep that and use it as a fake idol? I, I can't remember if he explicitly gave them all the details in the beginning. I don't think he did. I don't remember. Either way. But Lauren, too, on the Ratu tribe is just like, well, if we're sharing everything, I'll say that I have an extra vote. I was like, what are we doing, guys? Like, Didn't she already say that? Maybe. Maybe, but it was also, but uh, clearly not to Carson. Oh, so, like, right, 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 right. So, like, this, like. Right, right. I guess it, they're in the sense they want to sort of solidify Ratu in the merge, but like I, yeah, yeah. The boats end up arriving uh, to the Ratu uh, thing, uh, to the Ratu camp. Uh, Jamie is talking about how basically she feels like she's you know in a really great position because she has the most info on everyone because she's been to Soka, she's been to Ratu. Um, and that, you know, if everyone doesn't see it, they're blind, which was kind of like what happened last episode of her being like, guys, ask me questions. Like, it feels yeah. like she's really wanting, like, she's trying to convince herself. Well, to be fair, though, the only three people that she doesn't have, ex- or the only two people that she doesn't have experience with in some way are Carolyn and Jam Jam. Yeah. Like, Josh, she has met with on that excursion. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Carson, she met with on that excursion, and the other two tribes are still pretty present. So, yeah, I get what she's talking about. Yeah, and and speaking of uh, Carolyn and Yam Yam, Josh immediately to Franny is just like, do not trust them. Like, as like soon as they meet up, like you know, he basically wants to get back with Soka and all that. Um, and then Brandon basically, Brandon and Josh are walking up the beach, and jo- Brandon tells him. Um, what basically what Carolyn said about this at the sanctuary about everything Josh did on Tika about the idol that he got from the excursion and he claims to have a second idol whatever he tells Brandon he has the second idol but he doesn't tell him it, him that it's a fake right because he wants to sort of like see uh you know what's what the vibe is but then goes to tell Jamie essentially that it is fake which I thought was odd. Like, yeah. And he's like, I, at the end, he's like, I got to get, you know, and, and I have to make sure I can get a place where all my stories can line up with everyone if it gets to that point. And it's like, well, the good way to do that is to tell the same story. Yeah. Throughout. I didn't understand the point of like specifically like telling Jamie something different. Um, and then Jamie immediately tells the Soka girls that what Josh said. And, but they're, but she's under the impression that he has a real idol, that it's not a fake idol. Um. Yeah, and and <laughs> they're sitting around, sort of discussing things, and like Josh basically talk. Like they're like, "Well, what happened at Tika?" Essentially, and Josh talks to them about uh, Yam Yam and Sarah attempting to sort of get him out, and he just looks and goes, "Right, Yam Yam." <laughs> <laughs> like, and Yam Yam is like thinking that, like, you know, I feel like I'm probably going to be on the outs of this in the sense that like Josh is already setting the perspective of me. Yeah. And like, you know, I, you know. Little I'm, does Josh know that nobody else wants him there either. <laughs> well, there we go. So he basically thinks he's, Yam Yam thinks he's on an island by himself, no pun intended. But then Matt from uh, Soka tells Yam Yam, essentially the plan is to get Josh out. Mm-hmm. And it has been the plan to get Josh out since they were on Soka together. 
Like we were basically like we want we were going to get him out if it wasn't for this whole tribe swap yeah. bullshit. Um, and so, and then we see now Carolyn again. I feel, I feel bad in the sense of like her again having these issues like bonding with the group and feeling these like sort of moments of like oh I don't fit in. But the way they edited this was like it was like her serial killer origin story. Like just like <laughs> everyone just chatting indiscriminately and then just cut to Carolyn just like eyeing them up and just like with this like stern like it was like it was yeah. a lot i mean carolyn gives them a lot because you know with everything that yeah carolyn is but like it was they were doing a lot in the edit um and i also love her like in the middle of just everyone having these conversations just being like i mean i like sweating is that weird is that weird <laughs> for me to say <laughs> she is something else and like but that's such a like yeah, Car- Carolyn's uh, quite something, but she um, is sort of bonding with Carson again, sort of in from mm-hmm. their time on, on Tika and wants to work with him again. Um, they sort of discuss at nighttime, they discuss wanting to basically reform what was left of Tika between Carson, Carolyn and Yam Yam. And Carson uh, basically wants to sort of do this very stealthily and play both sides and sort of have you right. know, as many people on in his side as possible and then have the bigger threats sort of fight each other and, and strike later. Um, which it seems like he's getting a pretty good edit. Like in, in like, I hate that we as survivor fans are like always looking for the edit of like, Mm -hmm. like I feel like Carolyn's getting a good edit. I feel like he's getting a good edit. Like, yeah, it makes me worry for players like Heidi, uh, Pittsburgh native Heidi, um, who is not, getting a lot of screen time it's like okay i guess we're not gonna leave her around but also i feel like we like a couple like of the last seasons we had people who got like no screen time end up winning so like maybe you never know who knows yeah it's uh it's it's interesting to see and also so we go also and matt and franny are sort of like bonding in the shell essentially like not literally but close to like spooning in the shelter (laughs) And uh, like they're so obvious, it just feels like every time they're like, we got to distance ourselves from each other, but then they never end up doing it. And like, you know, J- Matt's joking about like, you know, if I win a food reward or whatever in the challenge, I probably shouldn't pick you. It's not personal or whatever. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, they need to sort of like figure that out. It's like me saying, I really need to get up and fix myself something to eat. Five hours later, wow, I still haven't eaten today. Six hours later. But I also <laughs> find it so odd that they've still, like, even, well, spoiler alert, like, this episode, they avoid pretty much having their names thrown out. Yeah. In terms of the conversations. Like, there's such an obvious duo, yet it's yeah. not on the front of anybody's mind. Um, We go to the sort of, the weird half-merge not emerge immunity challenge where, and they've been doing this for the last couple of seasons. So essentially we're, you're not on tribes anymore, but you're doing a team challenge and where you're in a random team, there's an orange team and a purple team. And if your team, if this team of six wins, they, you get a new buff. You're in the merge, you get merge feast and you get immunity and you get immunity from the next tribal council but you still get to vote. Right. So basically only six people of the 12 will be eligible 
it's like a six-person individual immunity challenge. Basically. In that you still get to go to tribal. You're still part of that. But you don't have to have your name on the chopping block. It just feels like a lot. <laughs> it feels like a lot of twists that are like, we won't spoil, but like next week they showed the preview for next week of just like, the person who will go home, your vote, you will have no say in who goes home. It's like, what? Like, what are we doing? Like, I, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it feels like a lot. But um, so on the orange team, they all draw rocks. And on the orange team, you have Heidi, Danny, Lauren, Yam Yam, Josh, and Kane. And on the purple team, you have Matt, Franny, Carson, Carolyn, Brandon, and Jamie. And this is another course where essentially you have to dig up a bold, this giant boulder. Um, from the sand, push it through this course to where you eventually get to this point where you uh, grab a key and then you have to go up this like sloped wall, like sort of like you're an American Ninja mm-hmm. Warrior. Um, and then on the top of it, you do a tree puzzle. Right. Um, Every time somebody says the word boulder, I think of Shrek. Oh, God. That's a nice boulder. I like that boulder. But I'm not, I think we were talking a couple weeks ago about like the Brit the possibility of them bringing back more dangerous challenges that they had done in past seasons. This was close with this boulder because Carolyn almost gets basically crushed at one point. And this is, it's like, I, again, I don't want anyone to be hurt, but like a little element of danger, never hurt nobody. Like I, I kind of want them to do like a temple run type thing. Oh my God. Like with, um, like obviously like everything Indiana is Jones. yeah, like an Indiana Jones type thing, and you have to like do all the puzzles and get through in like a certain amount of time, and like it like make it an individual challenge, um, but like everything's like airsoft or like yeah, <laughs> they, have nerf, bu- they have bumpers on it, nerf boulders or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. That would be a lot of fun. Like, you got to outrun a boulder, you know, step on the right plates and figure out this puzzle to not get nerfed in the neck by this thing. Like, I just, I think that would be a lot of fun, and it would be a new challenge that we haven't seen in 44 seasons, well, you know? And we'll get to it, because about them probably needing to sort of mix up the challenges. Um, they are getting, going through the course, and uh, Purple kind of falls behind at one point because Jamie's really struggling to get up the wall. Um, I think, I think it was Danny on the other tribe was really smart on, on the wall of sort of like positioning himself in the net at the top to like, sort of like guide everyone up. Cause sometimes people have to be creative with it of like almost creating like a wall or like a, like a step ladder to like, you know, get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie eventually ends up doing it. Um, but orange, the orange team kind of takes a lead, but then Carson really makes up that lead when he gets to the puzzle and basically seemingly does the puzzle in like a minute. Yeah, it was real quick. And, you know, turns out that there's a reason for that. He was essentially, and we see not just that he doesn't just tell us that he is, he 3D printed this specific puzzle and practiced on it at home, but we literally see footage of him doing it at home. Honestly, though, if anybody has the 3D prints of these, of the puzzles from Survivor, and wants to do me a favor. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> Print what... them out because I would love like little miniature versions of all the survivor puzzles. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I'm sure production's really happy that he's talking about this and really happy that this is like now an open. But I secret. also pointed out 
you know, because you had mentioned that when we were watching it, and I'm like, well, production didn't have to include that in the show. That's a good point. They didn't have to mention the fact that he had done that. They could have just left it alone. I think it's because they actually encourage people to practice, and because they did the same thing. Matthew had practiced the the snake thing with the ball that he yeah. like kicked ass on. So I think he had built a replica of that in his backyard and practiced on it. So like it, it wouldn't surprise me if that if they put out those three D models for people to three D print and do. Like I can understand if you want. You know what I mean? I, I, I know what you mean. I think, I think it's different when you're sort of instruct, in, and they don't explicitly do this, but when you're implicitly instructing people wanting to try out for the show, you know, you have to try to make fire. Like, you have to try to use flint before coming on the show at the very least. Like, that is something that's, like, the basic levels of surviving at this camp. It's something that is, like, uh, now at this point, as much as I don't like it, like a core part of like making it past final four. Like that is one thing. I think it's much different to where you're doing these challenges over and over and over again to such a degree to where someone can just immediately copy them and do them. Oh, you're right. But the, the way to change that is to change your challenges up. Well, yes. Like and if they would, you know, stop repeating them every season, then that wouldn't be an issue. That also, it also makes me hopeful of them. I told you, I think, about, like, the, the contract with Fiji may be coming up and, like, that they may have mm-hmm. to go somewhere else. Just leave these puzzles in Fiji. And Honestly, we'll... or, like, go someplace completely different than an island. And so it then, then allows you to sort of, like... Go back to, like, earlier seasons where they did, you know, Africa, like, just in the middle of the Sahara. Yeah. Well, and also, like, I think going back to some of these, like, challenge at least in the team portion it seems like everything we joked about it on past episodes of like it's all an obstacle course that lends in that ends in a puzzle yeah and i think like back like back in some of the seasons we've watched not even like older older seasons but like around like in the mid 20s 30s like doing challenges like when you were on in the ocean and you were boxing people off the platforms and stuff like that or like you know what i mean like stuff like that where it's a little more skill based. Not to say that the others aren't, yeah. but like that it's a you can't really plan for them. Like yeah. there's so many other factors that go into it. Or like, you know, they would used to do like this like they're like sort of their version of basketball essentially, which was kind of not like basketball, but sort of similar or different. Well, they even did, uh, are you talking about the one that they did on Winners at War in the Water? Where yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Like, I feel like do more of those challenges to, like, to, like, help in that regard. Have unique challenges. Do that challenge. Do that challenge. <laughs> um, but no, I think, like, that would sort of, in certain ways, even the playing field and create more of also a strategy in terms of, like, the team makeup and, mm-hmm. like, you know who is stronger in, in certain regards as opposed to others. Like, I think like that is, I think they should go. I think they need to go back to that more, especially if you have play multiple players, like we saw in this season, prepare by like literally doing the puzzles from the challenges like that. Yeah. I think I, I will say that with them doing two seasons a year, it's hard for them to plan those ahead 
and when they're trying to come up with new challenges, mm-hmm. if they're coming up with new challenges, they plan them ahead, then they have to produce new challenges every year. So, like, they have to, like, actually make these sets as opposed to what they do now, which is just repaint them in the new tribe colors and be done. Yeah. Um, and... It's very cost-cutting. It It is cost-cutting, but it also means that they can eliminate the ones that they know are ex- extremely dangerous and leave others that are extremely dangerous for some reason. Um, but eliminate the ones that they need to eliminate and then be done instead of constantly going, well, is this one going to kill somebody? <laughs> well, we're not sure. Yeah. Um, well... Well, this one had eight people fall out from heat stroke, so maybe not this one. Right. You know, like they don't have to do any of that anymore. They well, they should still be doing some of that because as we've seen three people have medical issues so far in this season, two of which having to be ejected from the game. Mm-hmm. So, like it's an issue. Like it needs to still be fine-tuned, but I think what they're trying to do is make the game as safe as possible while still staying entertaining and cutting cost because you've got to figure they're putting out a million dollars every year. Right. No, you know, I get it. While also paying production and paying for, you know, they don't also and paying whatever rent on this Island. I also think like, yes, I, I think they're all again, like, I think there are certain challenges where by doing something a little more simpler, you are cutting costs. In ter- I mean, I'm not saying like it's a huge by a huge margin, but like I'm sure like these like giant set pieces cost more than like just making a essential like a ring essentially to do like a like boxing match on the ocean. Yeah, like, but those are we've seen people get messed up with that challenge am too. I a, am I a masochist who just really wants Yes. Not, I'm sorry. But I mean, we're also... I'm learning about myself. We're also wrestling fans, so it makes sense that we're like, yeah, no, it's fine. No, I mean, dust Finn it off. Balor, some dirt in it. Finn Balor just had his brain, you know, you know, his head cracked open in the middle of a ring on WrestleMania and like had to get staples ringside. It's fine. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> Um, but uh, Purple wins uh, and makes the merge, and Jamie's crying sort of in relief of, like, she was worried it was she was going to cost it for the team, essentially. And Carolyn's also crying. <laughs> it's a lot of crying. Um, but they make the merge, and they go on to their merge feast as everyone else comes back to camp. And <laughs> Yam Yam say, I come back to camp with the six losers. <laughs> uh, um, so to be fair, he came back to camp with five other losers. Yeah. Well, he's including he's one, himself in the losers. Yeah, but he's not with himself. Sure. Anyway. Anyways, um, they, he's, they're talking in the ocean and like, he's sort of like trying to start getting feelers out and thinking about what do we think about like maybe getting Josh out. And Danny's like, I kind of think it would be better to wait for the other sticks to get back before we start, you know, settling on anything. And Yam Yam is like, oh, God, I said a name too early. Like, that's the worst thing you could do in this game because now everyone's probably going to target me. But also, that's really stupid to wait until everybody's back because the other people certainly aren't waiting until they get back to talk. Well, yes, we get to that. Um, And then so, well, before we get to the the feast, actually, Heidi and Lauren are also uh, talking to Josh about getting Yam Yam out. Like that Josh is like, we need to get Yam Yam out. I don't trust them. Um, and Heidi and Lauren are kind of agreeing to his face, but they're also kind of, as he leaves, sort of worried in the back of their mind. Does he, Josh have an idol 
could this be, you right. know, is this the time to sort of take him out? We go then to the merge feast. Um, Jamie is talking about in her confessional how excited she is. And she goes, it, you know, she's going through the check boxes of everything that, uh, like the bucket list. And she ends with, by saying it's all happening. And I'm like, okay, Sheena, <laughs> for anyone who watches Vanderpump rule for follow our Vanderpump rules, uh, recaps as well. I was, I don't know why that stuck in my head. Um, so like you mentioned, they're eating, but they're also sort of like immediately talking game and, and who should be the person they get out and the name and Josh's name keeps coming out, but they're like, okay, but we also need a backup in case Josh has an idol that he plays and they throw out Kane's name. Brandon particularly throws out Kane's name because of so much for being raw too strong, right? Well, yeah, but, and Brandon says like, you know, Kane voted for, had, has already written my name down. So I, I hate that. But that excuse. was like, but that was like five episodes ago. So it's, it's like, like number one, it was five episodes ago. Number two, like you got to write somebody's name down, and it's never good. Like not every tribal is going to be a unanimous vote. That's not the way that this works. Yeah. So like, why are you? I I just don't understand. Like that to me seems silly. Yeah. Um. And then Carolyn basically tells them, <laughs> Carolyn's essentially like. Guys, you don't really have to worry about Josh's idol because it's a fake idol. Like he literally, like Yam Yam, no, like pointed out that he took the beads from Tree Mail and it literally fell apart, etc. She's telling them all this, and, and they just brush her off. And they're like, "Well, you know, I, I think we should just have Kane as the back." And Carolyn, in her confessional, is just like, "I'm literally telling them all of the information of what like they need to know." And they're not even listening. She literally in the confessional just like, what the fuck? Like this is literally like um Danny and Brandon part two. Yeah. Like completely just ignoring her and being what enamored we, with everybody else. What do we is it because she's so eccentric? They're like, okay, crazy lady. Yeah, like, I think that's exactly what it is. I just I don't like she's gonna sneak by all these motherfuckers and win this game. Honestly, and I'm here for it. Honestly, like I I think that's gonna be it's going to be the oh, gag. I it's, hope to uh, God that would be the best result of this. Um, they go back to, there. I also, there was this, like, when they're cutting back to the main camp, they have this, like, slow-mo, like, rain footage of, and it looked like they were in, like, Avatar or something. Like, it was really, <laughs> like, I was like, the budget, Jesus Christ, like. They got to they gotta spend the money that they saved from reusing all the challenges. Yeah, there was a couple this episode. We, I mean, we and selling the, CD print, uh, the 3D prints of those uh, puzzles. Yeah, like <laughs> there was a couple where I was just like, are we, you guys are really trying for the Emmy. My God. Um, so the winning tribe then comes back and they have a moment where Lauren and Heidi are sort of by themselves, I guess, or whatever, in the, uh-huh. in the campsite. And they tell them that like, okay, the plan is to get Josh out with Kane as the, as the backup. Throw some votes on Kane in case Josh plays his idol. Um, Franny goes to tell Josh that it's Kane to sort of like get him, you know, in a good headspace about it. And then Josh decides that he wants to basically make up with Yam Yam, uh, you know, to protect him, you know, going for going forward. And Yam Yam is just like, you know, I want Josh out though. I want the gratification. <laughs> like, I mean, I want the, same. Like, his he Yam Yam was kind of. This was kind of his episode in certain ways. Like he's he's done well ish. Yeah. Like, but like this was really sort of him being on the forefront. I think in a lot of things. Um, in I terms really of the do edit. think I really do think that Yam Yam and um, Carolyn will be uh, fan favorites for this. Oh, season. sure, for sure. Uh, and I think Matthew too because he's he's very relatable and um, 
uh, he's just a lot of people seem to like him online as well. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this is the comical edit. Brandon is talking about how he's worried that like, like that he's like, I want Kane to be the backup vote, but I'm worried that Kane is going to find out that his name is out there and he's going to freak out. Cut to Carson telling Kane that he, <laughs> that, that he was like, I mean, Soka pitched you, but like, you know, we're, they're going with Josh at the end of the day. And, but again, Kane is like, I mean, they, they literally could have cut to Kane huddled under a tree with the paper bag. And I would have been like, yeah, that, that tracks. And then a Kane immediately goes to Brandon and be like, Hey, did my name get thrown out? And Brandon's like, fuck. Like, <laughs> Um, and now Kane then starts to in rally votes for Yam Yam to get out. Um, and that becomes sort of the thing. <laughs> Brandon immediately talking to Carson and being like, I think, that, dude, that was a bad move. Why did you do that? And Car- Carson literally going, but at that, at, like, I'm, 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 he literally couldn't finish the sentence. And I, and I maintain the, like, I feel like they're giving Carson a winner's edit, but it's not showing in anything he's doing. Yeah. Like, it, to me. Like, I feel like he's made a lot of mistakes and like, it's sort of like, I feel like if you can bullshit enough in the confessionals, then like, you'll get a good enough edit to like. Yeah. Look. I mean, that that's literally what it is. It, it's, it's the poor man's Cochran. It, yeah. Yeah. And then Matt is kind of like, I don't have my, cause Matt doesn't have his vote this tribal council because of. How does he still not? Oh, because they haven't been to tribal. Yeah, I can't even remember at this point. It's like 20 years ago, last time he was at tribal. When we were watching the episode, Merlin was like, how has nobody on the internet who are Survivor fans made a guideline that updates, like, who has what advantage and, like, like at this point, because there's so many, I can't even recap how many advantages there are. I found... And real idols and fake idols and, like... It's too much. I found one person that did like an infographic, but it was like for three weeks ago and it was like way out of date. So I was like, no, this is not good. Nobody on Reddit's doing it. Like, I was like, really? Yeah. This is an active Reddit. Nobody is doing this. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and Matt is, like I mentioned, trying to get votes. Uh, help King get the votes onto Yam Yam because he's like, as long as it's not me when I don't have my vote, I don't really care. Like, I need to stay under the radar Yeah, <laughs> this vote, which he does. Um, they go to tribal council. Um, Yam Yam is talking about sort of like, I think the topic comes up about him talking a lot and like him being somebody who speaks a lot in, in his real life too. And it can get him in like trouble and like mm-hmm. he kind of just is sort of like word vomit a lot of the time, which at certain points he's also just like, Jeff, do you want me to talk more? Like, like <laughs> he doesn't know when to stop. Like he's Cause like, Jeff just gives you this like excited eye look like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Like uh-huh, just give uh-huh, me a sign. Uh-huh. Like just tell me I can stop at any point. And I love it. Also one point in the area, I'm just trying to convince him. Like, I mean, can we reason with you to just like go back and not do drywall and like we can vote two people out next time. Like <laughs> it was a fun, fun moment. It was kind of, like I said, this was kind of Yam Yam's episode. Um, and then they go to vote. <laughs> Carolyn at the voting booth looking to like her right and being like, whoa, I had one of these growing up. <laughs> like, you've been to tribal how many times and you haven't noticed this? <laughs> She's such a queen. I love her. I hope I, yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm part of my, me in the head is like, is this real? This can't be fully real. Like no, I think it is. That's the magic. That's it's, I, uh, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep the dream alive. But they end up voting. Um, Josh or, or Jeff asked for anyone with an advantage or an idol. 
Josh reaches for his bag, but doesn't play anything. See, I feel like that was a producer edit. I don't feel like he actually reached for his bag, because why would he? Uh, I feel like maybe he was just adjusting his bag earlier in the tribal. The only way I can think is to showcase to them that he might have, like, because it's kind of an, he's, I'm, I'm sure he figures in his head, it's an open secret that I've told people that I have an idol, even though it's a fake. So, like, I have to give an, like, it's. Maybe he did it just to. Because he can't. Because if he gets. He can't play the idol. Right. Because him playing the idol and just saying that it's fake. Unless it's like. Right. So. So it was basically a, well, if I do stay, then this keeps people believing that I do have the idol. And if I don't stay, then at least they'll be busy looking for my idol on the island right yeah sure but uh, and but i love that they can't even deduce at the end of the day of this that carolyn is correct that it's a fake idol and like like keep dismissing her yeah but uh he doesn't play anything obviously because he doesn't have anything um and the votes break down where there's one vote for kane three for yam yam and seven for josh josh ends up going home carolyn's kind of in shock by this and we find out that carolyn was the only kane vote so I'm assuming that Carolyn was going with the plan from the winners of like, you yeah. know, we're getting out Josh, but some votes need to go on Kane. So she was one of the Kane votes. So my guess is she's also probably really pissed that she was left out of everything. Like, yeah, I'm assuming because why else would you vote for Kane if other people were under the like, you know, impression of elsewhere that it was going on, that stuff was going on. Yam Yam. Maybe they fit. I mean, I get like maybe not telling her about putting votes on Yam Yam because... Right, because they know. know that her and Yam Yam are close. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to help with her feelings of, like, feeling on the outs of this. And uh, the only votes for Yam Yam were Brandon, Kane, and Josh. Um, and, but Josh ends up going home. I, I mean, finally we got a man out. <laughs> right. Sorry. Um, but, like, I feel yeah, like... Yeah, but it's a gay black man. I know. The one. The fucking one. That, yeah. Um, we can't have everything. Um, I feel like Josh, I I was getting a sense that Josh was kind of getting a winner's edit at certain points, like in the last couple episodes. Yeah. So it was interesting to see him go home. Um, but I mean, it makes me hopeful that like the people who I really am hoping for, like a Carolyn, like a Yam Yam, you know, can go really far and and make it further. I'm convinced that they are going to take Carolyn to the end as a goat. And she's going to end up winning because she wasn't a goat all along. Now that I think Carolyn's really the only woman getting a strong edit. Yeah, we don't. The closest uh, other one is Franny. And the only reason that we're getting an edit for her is because she's connected to Matt. We're not really getting much of anything for Jamie. I've not seen Heidi on the screen hardly at all. At all. Like uh, Jamie or Lauren uh, either. Oh, Lauren's still there. Yeah. So, like, yeah. And they Carolyn were giving is the her, only female getting an edit. It's like Jeff was mentioned Heidi at the tribal. He actually talked to her and asked her a question. And I was like, oh, that's right. Heidi's still here. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so frustrating. Like, and we'll talk about it in the next episode talking about Vanderpump, even, but like, fuck these men. Fuck these men. That's, <laughs> that's our motto for 2023. Um, and, but I don't even think the women that have gone home even got necessarily strong at it. No. 
like the, the, what are we doing guys cbs cbs fucking less moon res productions or whatever the fuck i know he's not there anymore but yeah but still yeah um his legacy lives on yeah but no i mean even even still this was a good episode i hope this twist next episode is not ridiculous and it crazy. will be and you know it. i know um but we're we got we got our the people we're rooting for and we're rooting for them till they get to the end um so still still a pretty decent season all right so once again we've come to the time of the episode where we talk about our tops and bottoms of the week Oh, my God. <laughs> it's an awful, awful accent. Lisa Vanderbump in the room, apparently. Yeah, um, it's British humor. <laughs> um, yes, tops and bottoms. Um, my top for this episode, I'm going to give it to Sasha Colby. I think maybe a little preemptively, hopefully if she wins the season. Um, but I thought overall this episode, it was like a full, very full circle moment for her. It's great to see her get her flowers in that sense. And, mm-hmm. like, and she was even wearing flowers. Perfect tie-in. Um, and you know, seeing her emotional side and, and her fun side and, the, and just the powerhouse side of her, it was really on full display across the episode. So I'll give it to her. Um, my bottom for this episode, it's going to go to everyone from the cast of, Sur- of survivor to the production of like, you know, just let, letting Carolyn down. Like, let, like Carolyn is getting so under, like, like appreciated. I th- maybe not in terms of the production, but like the the uh, the Carolyn erasure by this cast, at the very least, is just so upsetting. Um, I mean, at least she's getting screen time. These yeah. other women aren't getting anything. Yeah. So, like Carolyn, I I I really credit. Like, you know, you're we got we're rooting for you at the end of the day. Like, we see we see what they are not seeing clearly um what about for you this episode tops and bottoms so um to echo your bottom my top is carolyn yes um because she is rocking it and she is continuing to show up and to play this game and the fact that people are minimizing her value and her um um her prowess honestly at this game Honestly, I hope it bodes well for her because I, I, like I said earlier, I think that she will, um, somebody will take her to the end thinking she's a goat and she will end up being the goat. Yeah. AKA the greatest of all time. Um, and she will end up winning this game and snatching that million dollars out from under their noses. And I'm here for it. I, I want to see everybody gagged at that final three um tribal um and then them walk in there and vote for her like she deserves so that that's what i hope um my bottom for the week is rue motherfucking paul charles oh how dare you um no here's the thing (laughs) how are you going to bypass three of the best lip syncs we have ever had on this show not saying the best three but three of the best, right? They're definitely in the top 10. I'd argue at least one or two of them is in the top five of all time. How are you going to bypass those and then do a double save this week? Absolutely the fuck not. Absolutely not. I mean, like I said, all four of these ladies deserve to be in the top three, but that was not a double save lip sync. It simply wasn't. 
I honestly would have sent Mistress home, but I think it's cutting, like, splitting hairs. Like, it could have been either of them. Um, so, I, I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get why you don't see the problem wasn't keeping people. The problem was why you were keeping people. Yeah. Fix it. The math ain't mathin'. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.